This week's podcast is Book Club, and it is co-crazy by author Sarah Mashad. A great book for anybody, really, but it's obviously focused toward codependency and addiction. It's kind of a hybrid book of a memoir and a self-help book. Um, We enjoyed it. We would definitely recommend it. I think we have a good conversation about what we learned from it and what we could apply practically in our own lives and maybe how it can help other people. So maybe give it a read. Or if you know anybody who's struggling with addiction or codependency, it might be good for them too. Again, the book is Co-Crazy by Sarah Mashad. Our next book club book is a Pulitzer Prize winner. It's called The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. If you'd like to read and listen to our discussion, awesome. If you just want to listen to the discussion, awesome. But that's what we're reading next. Thanks for coming back every week. Thank you for your emails. BirdieBoyProductions.com on the Wife of the Party tab if you'd like to send me an email. And um, yeah, hope you enjoy this book club with me and Kathy and Kirsten. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. your weekend it was great i also feel like i could just burst into tears at any moment not because not because of the weekend i am just i'm so tired and Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is like heart attack centric age centric like stage of life centric all of the above but i need my sleep (laughs) just i need my sleep and you're not getting it yeah it just um yeah, I need I need rest in order to process life. So it was, you know, it's, we went on a five day long extravaganza, a trip. We flew back east and saw four um, colleges with Camille and and none of them. It wasn't like we dropped into New York City and saw four colleges in New York. Oh, no, no, no. It was like <laughs> fly to D.C. The next day we drove like three and a half hours saw a college like and each of these college tours like you mm-hmm. get more than 10,000 steps yeah. <laughs> in a day. Yes. you know like it's a massive amount of walking and then drove two and a half hours to another college and that you know just did the same thing every single day so it was our minimum driving in a day was four hours <laughs> or oh, something wow. so it was just yeah it was yeah. go 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 and we saw family in mm-hmm. um family outside of DC and, um, family in North Carolina and, um, which was amazing and great. Like, so everything was great. The colleges were great. Camille and I were great. Like, so there, there were no down moments except for on the way back when we had one of those horrific delays, uh, Mm. just a flight delay that had us in the airport for eight hours. And, um, you know, and coming off of the end of all that driving, all that walking, all that processing, 
it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. And um, yeah, so just recovering, processing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was successful yeah. overall. It yeah. was great. And it was also successful in that we'll see if she decides to pick any of these schools, even they were great schools. She loved them. Awesome. But, um, she has a lot of options and they're all very different. Mm. I like to say it's not comparing apples and oranges. It's comparing apples and eggs because mm. they're all just, I mean, they all offer so much in such different ways. And um, yeah. Is there any that she was like, nope, definitely not? Like, cause sometimes that's almost easier. Like if she knows immediately, like this, there we was, can take this off the yeah, list. There was you know? one that was very nice, but it was a no. Uh-huh. Um, and we both had that feeling and I was sort of waiting to see what she'd think about it. At the same time, if that was her only option, it would have been a great option. She'd been uh-huh. fine. So yeah. yeah that's a great a place to option. be. Yeah. It is a really good place to be. Yeah. It had to have relieved some anxiety or stress from all of you probably to having laid eyes on a place and said, okay, there are no bad choices here. Yes. Although mm-hmm. it sort of laid another one on. So I sat her down before we left and I said, look, I know it seems like a lot of stress to be like, you know, booking off of school for three days and, you know, flying across the country. We're staying in a hotel. We're seeing family. We're doing all, all of this stuff. And I said, but I want to let you know that dad and I are both absolutely solid in that we don't care if you pick any of these places. Right. So if the if your takeaway from this is I hate all four of these colleges or I hate back east in the winter or anything mm-hmm. like that, like if if none of these are a go in the end, that's still a successful trip. Totally. Because yeah. it gives us information. Like we just we need information. You can't go to 15 schools. You applied to 15 schools. <laughs> you can't go, you can go to one, you right. know? And so if the if the takeaway from any tour, whether it's in California or back east or elsewhere, is I don't think this is going to happen, no matter mm-hmm. how much you like it. If you're just for whatever reason, I don't think this is going to happen. That's great because we need to do some weeding out. Kid. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And so no weeding out was done. Sounds like one. Maybe? Well, unclear. unclear. Because also during the eight hours in the airport, there was some panic happening saying, uh-huh. I don't know if I could do this alone. Mm. And I said, well, right. that's good information too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, this does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and actually it happens more and more these days. Yes. Um, yeah. I know Kathy and I enjoyed five hours <laughs> at LAX. Oh, we I did. heard about it on yes. this camping trip. <laughs> so, I heard about it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's happening more and more. And I said, you know, that is just something that you have to work into the equation of if you go far away, this will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen every time, hopefully, but right. it will at but, some point. Right. Yeah. And, that's a really good perspective. Right. Yeah. When you have to travel from out of state, then you're... Yeah. Yeah. It changes. And none of the school, none of the schools, it's not like she would fly in someplace and like, I've arrived except for one school. One school that she saw is about uh, 20 to 40 minutes away from the airport. So that would be a very easy shuttle sort of Mm -hmm. bus situation. But um, the other ones were all (laughs) fly in and then figure out some sort of ground transport a couple of hours away Mm. and a couple of hours that makes a difference yeah that makes coming home really hard yeah and it makes going there really hard because 
you fly there and let's like we we were on an 8 a.m. flight and we arrived into D.C. at four. So your flight gets in at four and you get your luggage and then you get whatever sort of transportation you're taking that is going two or three hours away, two or three hours away when there's not traffic. Right, right. So suddenly like that, it's just, it's like going to Europe. It's yeah. like a 12 hour travel day. Yeah. That's a big difference. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. That's so, a lot to consider. No mm-hmm. popping home if you're having a bad weekend. No. Right. Yeah. So we discussed all the different alternatives. We also discussed the something that I wasn't originally thinking about, um, which is that no decision has to be like a binary decision of, okay, you're either going to school an hour away or you're going across the country. Like, first of all, we have lots of different options in mm-hmm. terms of like maybe five hours away or whatever, um, like a dri- five hour drive. Yeah. Or, but also I said, you know what? You could go to a school for one to two years mm-hmm. and then and transition, you know, like, so you could go someplace an hour away where you could still come home on the odd weekend and, you know, just have like a sort of transitional Mm -hmm. couple of years at a Cal State or a UC and then go to the dream school back East, like as a transfer student two years Mm -hmm. later. And, um, yeah, that was something that I hadn't originally, it just wasn't even in my wheelhouse. It's like, well, you go where you go. And, um, I'm trying to be more open about Mm -hmm. possibilities. That's a very good possibility. So many kids go to like community college in Santa Barbara Mm -hmm. and then transfer to UC Santa Barbara. You're already in Santa Barbara, but it's smaller. It's two hours from LA, you know, uh, that's great. Great option for kids to do that. Or even like you said, Cal state, you know, just Cal state's Mm -hmm. right here all over. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they do need that. Like it's like a baby step, right? Mm -hmm. Like if she's not ready to handle a potential eight hours in the airport, Okay, so maybe in two years you'll be more ready because you will have had the, you know, independence under your belt where you're like, okay, I can handle this now because everything else feels a little more solid. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This is smart. This is the kid who didn't like go to sleepaway camp and that kind of thing. So she doesn't have those steps. Whereas, you know, my younger one is going to be like, bye. (laughs) She will, but I don't know if she'll make her flight on time. Because that girl is a slow-moving creature. Yeah, she really is. She's a slow-moving. Yeah. We were we went camping this weekend with the Girl Scouts. She's so funny. Um, we're wrapping up, and Felicia was the, the mom, other mom with me since you guys had plans. And so we were like, we're in these two cabins, and we said, okay, here's the plan. 10 o'clock, wheels up one hour. We need you to wrap up your cabin, pack everything, <laughs> roll your sleeping bag, and then we're going to get everything loaded. We'll come back and sweep everything. <laughs> So Felicia comes in, she goes, Maybe you should say something to Vivian. She's just doing like a full face of makeup <laughs> and everyone else is cleaning. And I went, oh no, this is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, yeah, but like half her stuff is still downstairs. I mean, everyone else is already loading the car. And I went, no, no, yeah. this is Vivian. She'll move when she's ready to move and she'll get it all in the car. But it's going to be on her it's going own to be a process. schedule. Yeah, no, totally. That's that's not just every camping trip. That's every morning leaving for school. And Literally to the point where I'll, Camille has always been that kid. I mean, from preschool on, she is ready to go Yeah, at the crack of whatever we need to go. <laughs> she will be ready. She will have her backpack on. Like we were like, oh my God, she's prepared to join the military. And then, and then meanwhile, there's Vivian. And so literally most days I'll get into the car. I'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to go warm up the car. Like, <laughs> 
pull it a few inches closer <laughs> to the front of the house to sort of get this train rolling. And um, Camille will come out and she'll go, you know, I'm just going to sit in the back seat because I have a feeling that Vivian's going to want to do her skincare routine in the front. <laughs> Well, that's what she was doing that day. And I looked around the cabin and I'm like, yep, there's your bowl and there's your plate uh-huh. and over there's your spoon yeah. and her forks over here. And there's still toiletries in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And I bet you Maggie and McKenna have already packed theirs. Then what's she doing with her makeup? Like, how's she doing her makeup upstairs? Because Felicia was like, she's doing a full face of makeup. She's doing she was doing her skincare routine. It was she has like a five step skincare routine. And I mean, she's got great skin. Like and she does. She, she didn't always have great skin like she has um uh she has like some skin issues whatever and um she knows what she's doing but uh <laughs> but it's also i mean i will say to be fair in terms of the younger girls there there was maggie and mckenna who move and at Vivian. the speed of light they maggie, move at the speed of light uh, oh my god yeah. yes maggie yeah. and mckenna are just like boom like yeah. Yeah, and it's done. So it is, it is the contrast yes. is dramatic. Yes. You are correct. It's dramatic. And Felicia moves like they do, like uh-huh. Maggie yeah. and McKenna yeah. do, at the speed of light. And I move at the speed of light. Yeah. And the other cabin was kind of moving at the speed of light too. So she oh, didn't have sh- any. Well, that's a little shocking that the other cabin was. Although well, you know Isla's energy levels always yeah. on these camping trips. I'm and- trying to think. Oh, and actually, yeah, no. I'm just thinking about who was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. They were They're all, all yeah. She yeah. was definitely the odd man out. Yeah. Felicia, do you need to speak with her? And I went, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is Vivian. Believe me, she'll make it Status in the car. Quo. Yeah. We'll she'll get make her it home, in the car. Worry. And that's all we're worried about. Is yeah. it, will, does she get all her shit in the car? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then we're just not yes. worried about this. Is any of her shit unpacked? No. <laughs> no. It is, is not. No. It's literally a bag sitting outside of her bedroom. Yeah. And Same. Same. Did she have fun? She had a great time. Yeah. It seemed like they all had a great time. Yeah. They, I think they all had, they got along great. Um, the littles were moving at a very slower speed all weekend than the big girls. Uh, But the big girls kept coming and saying, Hey, do you guys want to go on the jumpy thing? Do you want to go to the river? Do you want to go? And they just didn't, they just wanted to hang out by the fire or hang out and, Mm -hmm. you know, just right around. So I was like, as long as you're asking, that's really all you can do is, hey, do you want to join us? And after that, you know, do whatever. It was it was really easy, really fun trip. Missed you guys, but it was really fun. I miss yeah. being there, but it's, but honestly. You were in the right place. Yeah, I was in the right place, but also it was kind of delightful because I think we're all in the position where our kids don't get any time away from mom mm-hmm. on these trips. Like the other kids in the troop are like, they're gaining independence and meanwhile, you know, our kids all have their mom there. So yeah. um, I think it was really great for Kathy and I yeah. to, well, I mean, Lily well, yeah, wasn't my there, kid so wasn't there. Was she still has you. not no independence. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, my kid went oh, with well. you in the fall. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. anyway, it was fun. I'm glad, I'm glad your trip was, was good. Yes. Thank oh, you. That's yeah. very exciting that you got some yeah. answers or some clarity, maybe not answers, but some clarity. It was exciting. Or insight, right? Insight, yes. Just yeah. to be able to start the process. Like it makes such a difference. Lots of insight. Yeah. It's so interesting though, because it's like the the things that ha- that really have no bearing on the college experience that influence you too. Like one of the colleges, we had hands down the best tour guide in the history of tour guides for anything. Like wow. for college or anything. And we've seen like, we've gone on like, 
six official college tours so far. He was like, we're like, oh my God, I, I literally... I'm sure they know, but I'm like, you need to give him a raise because I guarantee people are making their decision based on this dynamic personality of someone that they'll never see again. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> That's cool, though. It's always yeah. cool to find an expert in their field. Yeah, you know, totally. No matter what it is, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of experts yeah. in their fields. The author for this <laughs> I know that's a really club. long intro to book club. <laughs> right? It's okay. Our book clubs always go like that. They're loosey-goosey. Yeah, I think that's true. what people like is that we also talk about other things. <laughs> Co-Crazy, One Psychologist Recovery for Codependency and Addiction, a memoir and roadmap to freedom. What'd you think about this book? <laughs> I have to preface by saying that I am the slacker. Um, this month. And I not only did not finish, I did not get very far into the book. N no fault through no fault of the book. It was just because of the chaos of our trip. Right. I had thought I had envisioned landing <laughs> at the hotel and having some reading time and whatever. I mean, we just like when we arrived, it was like have a shower and collapse. And yeah. I was driving most of the time. So and then I thought, oh, on the way back, mm. that did not happen because um we it were, just didn't. It yeah. just didn't happen. So okay. I apologize and I apologize to the author. It had nothing to do with, I mean, I didn't read enough to know whether it was boring because <laughs> uh, it, I'm just saying it's not, yeah. it wasn't because of boredom. Um, but um, right. I'm here to talk and to listen. And to, yes, and and to contribute yes. in the best way you can. <laughs> okay. Well, I will say... I thought it was very brave that she wrote this book because she included so many of her personal experiences in her own journey through codependency and addiction and her relationship with other people who were codependents and addicts. And that's super brave. Um, I think it's always brave to tell your story, especially the like gross, ugly parts. And I don't think a lot of addicts have like sunshiny and bright stories. <laughs> They're all kind of gross and and icky and thick and and that's pretty brave um what do you think kathy well i think in addition to that i mean this is clearly a combo like self-help memoir yes which is really interesting mm -hmm. um like to to sort of mesh those two mm -hmm. um like we've certainly never read anything like that before no um there was one point where I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, I wonder if it, this this could almost be two separate books, right? Like she could have written a whole memoir and then the whole self-help separate. But mm -hmm. her choice to combine them was really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think that if you were somebody who struggles with codependency or in that relationship or whatever, then this book could be really helpful. Um, it's not I'm not in that place. So I didn't find it super relevant to me, but I think there's a lot of really valuable stuff in here. Um, I really liked actually how at the end of each chapter, she did a really good job of sort of wrapping everything up with mm -hmm. her points. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing I actually liked even more was after she did the like bullet points, she had these like, I forget what they're called, like deeper questions mm -hmm. or whatever um, th that I just thought were super thought provoking. Mm -hmm. And if it, it was sort of like if you were at the beginning of your journey, you could maybe only get through the bullet points. But if you're somehow later in your journey, like this is something you it's a book you could go back to mm -hmm. and use more than once mm -hmm. um, was sort of my takeaway from it. So 
Yeah, and I have to say from the amount that I read, I did I was sort of intrigued by the hybrid model mm-hmm. of it. And it kind of reminded me of um Girl Wash Your Face in the sense that I think mm-hmm. that was that the book that mm-hmm. had like the little it's like even if you didn't read the whole chapter, you yes. could go to the the end of the chapter and you'd have that little and so they reminded me of that yeah. because there was You're like right, the takeaway like and I I did <laughs> contemplate when I realized I wasn't going to not even finish the book or not even get close to halfway done. Um, I considered going, just flipping and just reading those and that did not happen. But I think that could be interesting, you know, Mm because you could take away from it, not the memoir part, but just the self-help part Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with everything you said. I, I thought this is how my brain works. I thought she's sending me this book because I'm clearly codependent. (laughs) So I'm going to read this book and it's going to like shatter my paradigm. And I'm happy to say I read this book and found out my husband might be really codependent, but I am not. (laughs) And uh, that actually gave me some relief as I went, oh, I don't really do. I, I don't really do much in this book, much of I don't really function like this, but I see how this would be really helpful for someone who mm-hmm. does and to see just to understand their cycle and their um, their lack of boundaries, because most of the book to me was expressing how a lack of boundaries with yourself for yourself, not to mention with other people gets you in these codependent relationships where you are relying on someone else for your own fulfillment or someone else is relying on you for theirs. And that is so unhealthy. Um, So even if you're not an addict per se, if you find Mm -hmm. yourself repeating bad relationships where you just can't figure out what's wrong with your relationship, I think this would be a really good guide of going, you know, wait a minute, how do I set a boundary here? And why do these things make me feel like I'm less than or like he's more than or she? And that I thought was really helpful. And I thought of several people who are in recovery, um, a couple that are newly in recovery that I thought, I wonder what their take mm-hmm. on this book would be. Is this new information mm-hmm. for them or is this information they don't have yet? Uh, I don't know what in me made me not have some of these codependent behaviors. I don't remember ever having these codependent behaviors. Some of them that she describes like, mm-hmm. um, you know, really, <coughs> really trying to fix or save another person. I don't remember ever being like that. I I, I remember being like, sucks for you, buddy. I'm not going <laughs> to stick around for you to sink Bye. the fucking boat. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but I know people do do that. You know, right. people do get themselves in relationships where their whole goal is to save the other person. I mean, I had the opposite thing. I looked at Bird and went, if I ask him to change who he is, that's actually out of integrity for me. So I can't ask him to start putting his shit in the hamper because I'm asking him to be someone he's not and that I'm not cool with that, which is the opposite of codependence. Um, another interesting thing I, I wish I had, mar- I marked a bunch of pages in the book and then intended to go back and highlight them and never mm-hmm. did. Um, but there were some sections in the book she talked about um, uh, arguing and being in an argument with a codependent person. And that was really interesting to me because a lot of the way she described a codependent person arguing is how Bert tries to argue with me. That was my big flag that I went, 
I wish Bert would read this book because I think some of the behaviors that he can't get me to comply with are in this book where he'll mm-hmm. want me to react to something he says and I just won't. And that makes him really upset. Like he'll do this thing. Perfect example where he'll go, fine, then I'm leaving. And I'll go, that's not how an argument works. When you leave. No, he did that one time. He goes, fine, I'm leaving, leaves. And then I don't follow him. And he comes back and he goes, you didn't follow me. <laughs> Why didn't you follow me? And I go, I didn't follow you because you decided to leave. So you're either going to stay here and fight with me or you're going to leave. I don't play the game of, but wait, come back. <laughs> Let me see what I can do to make it better. <laughs> Wrong girl. That's not me. And he goes, well, then I'm, I'm not sure really what I'm supposed to do with my feelings. <laughs> well, you stay here and you work them out or you take a break. But you don't, that's a fucking bullshit game. That's what he does to me that I won't participate in, right? And she she didn't lay out that exact example. Mm-hmm. But in her examples, I was like, oh, this is how Bert tries to get me to fight with him. But I wonder if someone who's having trouble in a relationship, addict or not, where they have those kinds of arguments could clearly see, oh, this is really unhealthy. And, and I should stop doing that. And boundaries are what help you stop doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was one of my big takeaways from this book was that I think I'm not codependent and I'm probably married to someone who is. <laughs> and how do I get him for his own sake? Because I'm not not to save him, but for that person that needed me to play the game of follow me outside of the room and beg me to keep talking, mm-hmm. that he thinks that gives him some fulfillment. When really it doesn't, right? It's really unhealthy. So for me, my want for him is to be healthy for himself, to feel good himself about his behaviors. So how do I give him this information? You know, because he's never going to read this book. He's never going to read <laughs> a book. It has nothing to do with this book, but any book. <laughs> I wish I had gone back and um, and looked at it uh, and, and highlighted what I, I saw. She also layered, she did this like tiered, uh, mm-hmm. laying out of emotion. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was a pyramid of emotion. Yes. Where what was at the top mm-hmm. and then what was really at the bottom. And I thought that was a really great visual for you when you're in an emotional place. Um, do you remember that? I do remember that. I didn't like highlight it or whatever because she, she didn't actually draw it out, I don't think. No, but in my but brain, like, I drew it out. Yes. Well, because she you know, she wrote it visually. Like, I don't know how to, you know what I mean? There yeah. wasn't an actual picture, but yeah. Um, well, I'm going to flip it, and try to find it really quick. Keep yeah, talking. I don't remember where it was in the book. Um, there were some things in the book that um, were, I, I, again, you know, not, there were definitely some things you could take away. Like she had um, a succinct way of saying a few things that I was like, oh my God, that's not about being codependent. That's about life in Mm. and of itself. There was one, um, you know, how she does those box highlight things, kind of like girl, wash your face. Mm -hmm. Um, One was, I'm probably going to totally screw it up now, but it was like, um, you can't feel right if you live wrong or something to that effect. And I was like, oh, that's not about codependency. That's about just your moral integrity and how you feel. Like that's something... I don't know that anyone can walk away from this book feeling completely, you know, yeah, it's a great piece of life. She has a few of those throughout the book that Uh I was like, oh, this is actually a really nice, succinct way of putting something that somebody may need to hear or be reminded of, you know, 
I found oh. it. Oh, you did? You ready? Mm-hmm. We disguise anger in numerous ways. So this was a helpful way to work with it. I visualized anger as a five-leveled pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, level five, is rage, including explosiveness and uncontrolled acting out. Underneath that is anger, which includes agitation, irritability, restlessness, angst, and anxiety. Beneath that is sadness, and that includes fatigue, depression, loneliness. Next is fear. And at the very bottom, level one, is powerlessness. And I thought, wow, that's actually, I think, really accurate. Mm -hmm. If you start drilling and peeling the pieces off, you get down to powerlessness and that's the bottom. And anytime I think, anytime you can find the bottom of a problem, you can address it. But until you get to the bottom, you just keep addressing the other pieces on top. Um, Good visual to think of a pyramid and how everything lays on this powerlessness feeling. Um, and how that, how that can be, how you can manage yourself when you get in a place of rage and go, hold on, the bottom of this actually is powerlessness. So why am I feeling powerlessness and how can I change that? Right. It's a super active way of managing your behavior and emotions. I thought that was really great. Yeah. Um, she does give a lot of specific tips about like, if you're in this state, think about this or do this or whatever. Um, yes, she does. You know. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I thought she was also very good at, I just saw something else that I just went, wanted to bring up and now I can't remember. Um, she also talks a lot about how fear drives your um, your desire to control things, mm-hmm. right? Like... And if you can address that fear, then you can stop trying to control the outcome of other people, right? Which, of course, is what codependency is. You're trying to control what someone else is doing. And if you just control that, everything will be fine. And it is really your powerlessness that makes you, uh, that makes you driven in that direction. Right. That's what's under the fear. Yeah. Is the powerlessness. And then that's why you try to control other people out of fear. Mm -hmm. Yes, she did. You know, a lot of the things she said in the book, too, are things that, um, so funny. I thought to myself, you know, I had this drinking issue, drinking problem when I was younger and I got through it by reading a bunch of self-help books because I knew I was drinking was a symptom of power, probably powerlessness on some level. And then I probably from reading all these multiple self-help books figured out a lot of what's in this book, which mm-hmm. is surrendering, not trying to be in control of everything and just kind of surrendering to what's happening. That doesn't mean to become a victim. That means to just let go of having to control something. You know, if I can't control the fact that this boy I like is calling me back, let it go. Um, That's a simple example. But setting, knowing yourself first and being curious about yourself first, I thought was in this book too. Because mm-hmm. you can't really know yourself and you can't set a boundary until you know yourself, right? And instead of trying to figure out the other person, I wasn't really trying to figure out the other person, but I wasn't trying to figure out myself, you know, when mm-hmm. I was young. I didn't want to get into all the muckety muck that was making me feel powerless and drink when I was younger. Um, and then a lot of the stuff she talked about, not a lot, but some of the things she talked about in in her program and creating community and having people that she bounces things off of. I definitely did that too, to try and get out of 
this powerless place um, and this addiction place that I thought was really great um, too. that you don't have to be an addict to apply some of these um, principles. And what she is saying is, you know, take care of yourself first so that you can take care of other people. This was another thing that I like that she broke down how we keep ourselves in denial. One way was rationalization. One way was minimizing, um, romanticizing, intellectualizing. And I can't get these pages to separate so I can see what she had like five things. Right. Like five. Yeah. That was it. (laughs) Intellectualizing, (laughs) romanticizing, minimizing and rationalizing and really what those mean. And when you break those down and you apply them to people that, you know, who are in dependent relationships, you go, oh, oh yeah. And even not like I definitely romanticize some of my relationship with Bert. And when I stop and go, oh, well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, but is it really that? And I definitely intellectualize Mm -hmm. some of the things. Some of that is just how you get along with people. Yeah. But if it causes you unhappiness, Right. I think that's where the the tipping point, like what you're talking about. Some of these life skills don't have to do with addiction. Right. It's just if they're prohibiting you from having a a productive and healthy, happy life. Or a healthy relationship. Yeah. Right. Like, I think we all have tendencies to do all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, to be OCD, to be like, you know what I mean? Like we all everyone has those tendencies. It's when it like you said, there's a tipping point when it. um interferes with your ability to function in that relationship or be able to be in a healthy relationship that then it's an issue you know but yeah some of this stuff is super relatable in that way yes you know yeah she talks in the end about um uh about interpretation Mm -hmm. and about how you interpret what's happening i think interpretation is so important because I call it perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I say a glass half full, you say it's half empty. It's exactly the same place, right? Mm-hmm. And how, and maybe if you spin it too much into glass half full, that's not healthy. But you can find glass half full in just about every scenario. If you really try and you really want to be a positive person, that's not to put you in denial, but in processing even her own life. She is now, I mean, this face on the back is the happiest person (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. She's so happy. And all these horrible things that she went through to get to this place, you can glass half full and say, look, now you're a published author. You're happy with your life. You have healthy relationship with your son. You have circle of women that you're really involved with who are supportive to you. You have great relationship with your siblings. It is awesome, right? I think more than perspective, she talks about gratitude. Like that was the takeaway I took away. Mm -hmm. That's what the 10, wow, that was articulate. The takeaway you (laughs) took away? Yes. Um, At the very end, she talks a lot about gratitude Mm -hmm. and about how you can find gratitude in pretty much everything. Yes, she had a shitty start to life, but she is a published author. Yes, she had this whole drinking history. Yes, she has two divorces, et cetera, et cetera. But she has all of those other things that you just listed as well. And if you can find the gratitude in your life, forget about glass half full. Like if you can just be grateful for mm. the things that you do have, that does change your perspective a great deal. It really does. And 
It does. It's super important. Yeah. And to be grateful yeah. for the bad things that allowed mm-hmm. you the perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, or that allowed you to get to the good things, right? Because sometimes you can't get to that place without a bump in the road. Very true. You know? Very true. So she talked yeah. about, too, there's a section in the book where she talked about learning to talk to herself like she would talk to a child. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, Scott, my friend Scott, told me when I was probably 20 that I needed to start doing that. She was like, I, he said, I would hate to be in your head and hear how you talk to yourself because it's got to be terrible. So you need to start talking to yourself like you're talking to five-year-old Leanne. You would never talk that way to her. That one simple moment in time completely changed the way I started talking to myself. It took me a long time to completely stop being punitive and mean to myself. It came up yesterday. I was working out with my trainer and I'm still having this post COVID top of my lungs issue where if I put my arm in a W and do any kind of weight bearing over my head, I start, I just did it. Then I start getting swimmy headed. Mm -hmm. And if I do it over time, I start seeing white spots like you're about to pass out. And it started with COVID and it's never gone away. So clearly it's affected my lung capacity only I can lift the car if I go straight up with my arms. But as soon as I go in a W and open my chest, it shuts me down. And yesterday when I did it, my brain started going, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like I was doing something bad. And I started crying like I was a very small child. And I said to him, I don't know what just happened, (laughs) but this is not something from what's happening right now. This is, I clearly have something trapped in my body that today, for whatever reason on this day, when I opened my chest and pushed that thing above my head, something released, some muscular memory released. And I have no idea what it was, but I said, I haven't spoken to myself like that in so long that I was crying because I hadn't heard that inner voice Mm -hmm. And it was so punitive. It wasn't even mean or angry. It was punishing. Stop it. And I I couldn't, I cried for a bit. I couldn't stop it from coming. Um, and it, as it's coming, my brain's going, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And I don't do that. That's just not how I talk to myself anymore. But what a reminder that that's what went on in my head all the time. Until Mm -hmm. Scott said that to me. I was constantly punitive with myself. You're so stupid. Why would you even say that? Look out. You look like shit. Why would you leave the house even looking like that? Who do you think you are to A, B, C, D? That was the running conversation in my head. Um, So when she brought that up, I was like, yeah, I learned that from Scott. I learned this from this book. I learned this Mm -hmm. from this book. She just kind of put it all in one book. I, I hadn't heard the thing about talking to yourself like a toddler until recently. I'd always heard like, would you say that to your best friend? Like, would you say that to somebody that you love? And um, but I did hear the, you know, talk to yourself like you're a toddler um, recently. And it was taken a step further. It's not just like kind, the kindness that you'd show like a little person who doesn't know any better. They said to literally like in the same inflection like, hey, sweetie, do you need a snack? Do you need a nap? <laughs> and to literally talk to yourself like that if you're spinning. And Funny. it is 
it's really powerful because most of the time it is, you know, the thing, um, the, the therapy thing, halt. Like, so if you're spinning, halt. So literally stop and halt stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Are you one of those things? Never heard of that. And usually it is one of those things. Usually it comes down to like food or sleep or something really like a basic toddler need that you would literally assume, oh, this two-year-old is having a meltdown. They probably need a snack or, oh, they probably need a nap or they need their diaper changed. Do you know what I mean? And like everything other than the diaper change like could apply to, (laughs) you know, could apply to us. Like, oh, that's right. I didn't stop for lunch. I never stop for lunch. Maybe I need to actually feed myself. Like people need to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Halt. I've never heard of that. Hungry, angry, lonely, lonely tired. tired. Yeah. Mm. I always tell my kids that because I'm like, you know, when you're away in college, like, and you're spinning, just halt, stop yourself. And any of those things can be achieved very briefly. Like even... Even the tired could be just sitting down for five minutes. And then the lonely, it's like send a text to somebody or call somebody. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's really cool. And it's so true often. <gasps> right. It's right on. It's amazing when you don't have your basic needs satisfied or met, you know, mm-hmm. like your brain does weird And I things. don't know why we think that we can yeah. get away without them. Like. <laughs> All, who needs lunch right yeah. and then at two o'clock you're like all animals need to eat like would you <laughs> yeah. like let your dog not eat for a day like right that's absurd yeah yeah we just <laughs> don't true. think like that do we yeah. uh, that's the whole point if you you would never expect that like you said of a toddler but we expect it of ourselves and then you spend the time being mean to yourself, you know, being punitive. I hadn't done that, what I did yesterday in so long. It took me so aback. I, I really couldn't believe that my brain still had that in it. But that's great that mm-hmm. it has been a long time, though. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is great. That's really It is amazing. great. But it also indicates, you know, there's still so much of that trapped in my body. I don't even know is there. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. My little brain was going, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. That was really crazy. Anyway. Um, on a completely unrelated note, um, yeah. when I hear stop it, stop it, stop it, it makes me think of when Vivian was really little and um, <laughs> in um, speech therapy and she, you know, was late to talk and she used to say, ah. Chubba, chubba, chubba. <laughs> and we thought it was the cutest little thing. We thought it had something to do with her chubby cheeks uh-huh. or whatever. And we'd go, oh, chubba, chubba. That's adorable. And then as her speech got clearer, it turned out what she was saying is, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Not chubba, chubba, chubba. Yeah. <laughs> that's adorable. Chubba, chubba, frustrating for her, right? I know that we for were all like, like, oh, that's adorable. Oh Meanwhile, like she was angry. like, stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah, true. so probably that's probably why she's taking her damn time now. Right. She's like, jumpa, jumpa, jumpa. That's so she's funny. like, I'll show you people. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing she said in this book that um, I definitely adopted, not from being codependent, but from having a mom who had no boundaries in certain areas and maybe too strong boundaries in other was um, to deal in facts. To just mm-hmm. deal in facts. When you're dealing with an addict, um, you just stick to the facts. 
that facts are indisputable. Even when you are um, high, it's hard to dispute a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I thought that was good advice too for anybody. Uh, anytime I have conflict since I learned that my first therapist, Dr. Bob in New York told me that that's how I needed to deal with my mom to only address her with facts. If we were ever in a place of conflict, because, um, if she disputes the fact, then she's a liar. And especially in front of everybody else, in front of anybody else, fact is the way to go. So I've applied that forever. Like even with Bert mm-hmm. and I have an argument, I try very hard to stick to the facts. You know, the fact is you were supposed to be here at four and you were here at five thirty. It's a fact. So I'm upset because I sat here for an hour and a half. A fact. You know, I can't say you're an asshole and you were late. Well, yeah, well, that's also true, but it's very different than a fact, mm-hmm. right? I thought that was really good advice, especially since this book is written for codependence and for addicts. That's probably one of the most important things to do is to just start functioning in fact. Fact mm-hmm. is you went in my chest drawers and you stole my money. It's a fact. I found it on you, you know, fact. So I don't know. I like that too. Yeah. I thought it was a very good book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you, did not think it applied to me per se. And some of it is stuff that I've already learned. But I definitely read this going, huh, Bert Kreischer. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Bert Kreischer. Mm, that's Bert Kreischer. Uh, and I wish I could figure out a way to get him to download some of this information just to give himself relief. As, as she described it, Boy, it's exhausting to be codependent. Yeah. Right? It sounds like it, right? Sounded exhausting. Yeah. I mean, my life's exhausting enough just dealing with me. (laughs) Much less, is he happy? You know, what does he think about me? What's he doing now? Was that a lie or was that the truth? I mean, I can't. I could never live like that as an adult. What do you think, Kathy, about this book? Yeah, same thing. I think there's a lot of valuable information in here, um, as well as it being a really interesting memoir. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think there's two sides to it, and both are well done. And you know, I think, I think there is a lot of valuable information that people could take away from. Yeah, you know, if you're looking for something like this, I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to read. Yeah, it was not hard to read. It, I, I didn't. It, it wasn't a drudgery. I, mm-hmm. I super easy to understand, um, easy to follow. I love that she put some important or things or reminders or, you know, some takeaway moments like in the book mm-hmm. in the boxes. And I like what you said too that at the end of the chapter she kind of summed it up and she had some action ac- action items or yeah questions at least to answer. If this happens, what would you do? You know, to make you reflect. I thought it was really well done. Well done, Sarah. Well done. <laughs> yes, well done. I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you recommend, Kirsten? <laughs> I, I will read it. <laughs> I will read it because you know I love a memoir. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this is a different, definitely a, a different type of memoir, whereas mm-hmm. memoir slash self-help. It was yes. very good. I liked it. Yeah. What are we going to read next? Yay. Do you have any suggestions? I thought you had a whole stack or something. I vaguely remember you having a plan. I do for... have a plan. Oh. I just thought I'd ask you. I was trying to make you a team player here, not just the boss. 
<laughs> I have one in mind. I don't oh, know if you read it or do. not. Just tell you what to do. I actually don't know how long the book is, so I did not oh, research great. You that. don't know if it meets my threshold. I don't know like if it meets your threshold, so maybe pages. Charlie over here can tell us. <laughs> Have you ever read the Pulitzer Prize winning novel called The Good Earth? No. By Pearl S. Buck? Yes. I have not. Halston, can you tell me how long that book is? The Good Earth? 900 pages. 356 pages. 356. That's past our threshold. Uh, I'd do it. I'd do 356. I've heard it's amazing. It was written a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about a woman in China, a Chinese woman and her family. And I hear that it's amazing. All right. Would you be interested in that? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. I mean, we haven't read like a novel. We haven't in a long time, yeah, right? In a long time. I'm, I'm down for a novel. I'm I'd love to just be too. entertained. And I don't want to read junk. And I'm assuming yeah. if she won the Pulitzer Prize, it's probably pretty good. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, we'll maybe. book club it. We'll be like, Pulitzer Prize in <laughs> Snooze Fest. Oh, Just my God. Um, okay, yeah. then The Good Earth. Mm-hmm. By who? Pearl who? Pearl S. Buck, I believe. Mm-hmm. I Halston. Think you're right. <laughs> yes. Yes, Pearl S. Buck confirmed. The Good Earth. Okay. So we'll do that one. I'll send it to you. Cool. I'll... Uh, Amazon it to you. Cool. Cool. Awesome. I look forward to it. I'm looking forward to reading something that's just enough. I'm ready for something that's not I don't want to say heavy. It's not like this book was heavy, but it's learning. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's learning. And hysteria was a little bit of learning and heavy. Yeah. And then, you know, what did we read before that? I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. I feel like uh, there's been a lot. We did of a like, college book. We did oh, a that's right. uh, yeah, we've done a lot of like sort of nonfiction um Lately, I think. I don't know. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Well, I guess we also did forever. That's been a while ago. That was forever <laughs> that was a ago. a while ago. That was forever ago. Nice. So nice. I don't know. We'll try it. I just got, I was just someone, I was just complaining to Felicia, who reads a lot. She reads a lot. Uh, I said, I can't find anything to read. Uh, I want to read something that's good. Like, you just know it's going to be good. And she asked me, have you ever read The Good Earth? And I said, no. She was like, oh, this is a book that keeps coming back to me over and over and over again. She decided to read the entire Pulitzer Prize list. She started at the first Pulitzer Prize winner. And she was like, and they were so, it's from so long ago that I I read several and then I started at the latest and I'm going back and I'm going to kind of meet in the middle as I get kind nice. of mm-hmm. bored of the front or the back. I'm going to just work right. it that way until mm-hmm. I meet in the middle. And she said that is the one book of the I don't know how many of the Pulitzer Prize winners she's read, but it's huh. several. And she said that's the one where she just keeps going. That book was incredible. So Great. Hopefully, cool. sign me up then. Okay. Hopefully, three fifty six <laughs> will go like two fifty, right, nice. or two hundred five. That's what um, you need. Like you need a good recommendation, right? Yes. Yeah, and also, That's, you know, if we don't have like a hard deadline, like I'm, you know, I'm willing to go longer than that sometimes. Like I do love to dive into a really meaty book occasionally if it's guaranteed to be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just don't right. want to like read 900 pages and go, ugh, right. what a waste of my time. Waste yes. of, I, yeah. hear you. I feel like I'm too old. To, <laughs> I hear you. I don't have time. And, yeah. Yeah. I just, just yeah. quite frankly, don't have time. Yeah. I mean, if I, this was harder for me because um, I don't know if she has it on audiobook. I didn't look for it on audiobook. But I'm driving so much now with um, 
not having my 18 year old driver. Mm -hmm. I'm driving to and from high school quite a lot. I'd say once a day, I have to go here today and pick her up from school. And that's when I'm reading is in Mm -hmm. the car. I'm currently reading Mel Brooks's memoir in the car. Oh, yeah. Which I am enjoying because I fucking love (laughs) Mel Brooks so much. Um, And he reads it. So it's really fun. Um, But yeah, I'll look forward to that. The Good Earth. That'll be good. What else is happening, ladies? Hmm. Anything? What else is happening? What's happening? (laughs) How's Richard's uh, bicep? Was it his bicep? Uh, Yes. Um, He is still in the brace Mm -hmm. i think he has another three weeks maybe Mm -hmm. two weeks of the brace and he's like i mean he's counting down oh i'm sure the minutes he is so over yeah he has to sleep in it right yes Mm -hmm. he has to wear it all the time except for when showering and he's just and you know it leaves a dent in it his arm is deformed now it's just like has dents from has he started physical therapy yet or he can't yet no and they he may not get physical therapy the strange thing about the the reattaching the bicep is that because you use your arms so much, it's just, he, he's still, he, it's like almost like he's getting physical therapy just in doing his daily tasks with the brace on. Um, and then when it comes off, like it'll be the same thing. So his doctor said that actually most of the time he doesn't even, people don't even bother with physical therapy for this particular thing. And, and his, and the surgeon is fine with that. By the way, this same surgeon is the one who, um, required me to do like three or four months of physical therapy for an impingement in my shoulder, mm. literally an impingement, like no surgical intervention necessary at all. But he was like, you are at risk of frozen shoulder and you need to do this. Ooh. He's like, take it seriously. Even if you have no pain, right. take it seriously, do this physical therapy. So I feel pretty confident that he's, he knows you know, he's doing. if he does it. Yeah. Okay. Sandy had frozen That's shoulder. Crazy. She yeah. said it was horrific. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And it's it supposed to be it's one of the hardest things to get over. And often you don't ever physically like fully um, recover from uh-huh. it. Um, and yeah, it's a big problem. So they were, yeah, they were not effing around <laughs> about that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm opening a can. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, well, that's good. No physical therapy. So once he's out of the brace, he's like, he probably can't like lift a car, but no, and he's not allowed to do anything that could be a potential fall risk. So we can't do like a real hike. We can do like sort of paved hikes uh-huh. and um, no trampoline park. No, <laughs> <laughs> no bike <Shit>. riding. No, <laughs> but like for example, we went ice skating for Vivian's birthday, and oh. I was skating my ass off. Yeah. I was just skating around and around and around so much. I was so sore the next day. Oh my god! <laughs> I hadn't done that in years, but I just loved it. I had yeah. so much fun. I actually am considering again in what free time, but I. I feel like the older I get, I want to actually like lock into these things that do bring pleasure. Yes. Joy. And yes. Yeah. The, this that spark joy. And so I was actually going to call the ice rink and see if there were any like open skates that or or like even a lesson, like even an adult lesson um, or something just to sort of revisit something that I just want to revisit like childhood things that sparked joy and and that are good, healthy things to do. Like they, it just, what it reminded me of is, uh, you know, I'm from Canada, so I 
you know, have am used to a winter climate, but then I've lived out here for like 27 or 28 years, like a long time. We don't really have that winter and exercising in a cold climate like that. It's it tricks your brain because you're working hard, but you don't have that same like sweat response. Like I was I was working out hard enough to be sweating. But the thing is, it's cold. You're in the cold rink. And and so there's just like I don't know, it's just there's an additional pleasure to that. It's like skiing and all all of those winter sports you get that from where you can be working out really hard, but it doesn't. Uh, your brain is somehow tricked. And so you mm-hmm. work out harder than you don't feel like it's really hard. Yeah. Even though it is hard. Yeah. And then afterwards it's like, I'm oh. um, I can't walk <laughs> like snow skiing. Yeah. We can't walk yeah. the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's got to feel good. It's got to trigger some kind of memories just to be in that temperature. Yeah. You know, cause you're not in that temperature here yeah, no. and that's where you grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the humidity when I go to a humid place, that's not Georgia. My body knows what to do with that. Yeah. yeah. Even though I don't like it. Uh, it does feel really familiar. Yes. Um, Where I'm from, we had like, you know, snowy winters, but the, the summers are incredibly humid. They're almost as humid as like Alabama or Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I know what to do with that. Um, and when we were, my daughter does not know what to do with that. <laughs> so um, one of the colleges that we toured, it ended up being unseasonably warm Um that day and it was like in the 70s but it felt like it was well into the 80s Mm. like it felt very hot it was so humid Mm. and she was we were just like peeling off all our clothes and we're dressed for the winter right the back east winter and um she was like oh i did not like that at all oh my gosh (laughs) that's so funny well we're around the campfire this weekend mckenna and maggie and vivian uh, the big girls were gone off doing something. And they started talking about the food from Weedowie. And they just started reminiscing <laughs> the okra and the blueberry casserole and the strawberry compote and the blueberry <laughs> compote and the crepes and the enchiladas and the barbecue. And they went on and on and on and on and on. And I said, do you guys want to go back there? And Maggie went, Definitely. I said, well, I think we were discussing maybe not going back there um, as a troop, at least not in the next couple of years. And she was like, but can I go back just personally? <laughs> I said, yes, you can come home with me personally. And then McKenna was like, I would like to do that, too. I would like to do that, too. Vivian said, yeah, it was really fun. It was really, really fun. So it's cool. Maggie, Maggie was a You'll find this shocking. Maggie would not stop talking. Uh, she was talking about how you were stuck in the airport and how much fun they had in the airport and how everybody got along so well. They were just, I wasn't saying anything, uh, but they were talking about how well they got along and how there was no drama and the whole trip had no drama and that she would mm-hmm. like to go back to another trip like that with all the same girls because there was just no drama and it was so easy. And it was really sweet. It was very cool to hear how much fun they had on that trip. Yeah. Um, and that it's lasted this long. I mean, that was a long time ago. We went nine months ago and they're still talking about it. Yeah, it was a great trip. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I don't know. I think I think we've given them a lot of experiences that have stuck with them, right? Like you were talking about this with the bigger girls and the car ride about mm-hmm. like the hatchet throwing or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like... <laughs> 
the stuff the that throwing. like, I don't know, doesn't necessarily stick out in my mind mm-hmm. as being all that like, wow, I don't know, somehow just hits them and sticks with it, which is really, really cool. It is cool. I don't know um, if I told you this. They were saying in the car, their favorite camping trip was the one where we went to Lakota and we learned all those legit skills, like the hatchet, how to use a hatchet, how to sharpen a, I don't know if we'd sharpen a pocket knife, but they built the box oven in the back in the sand pit. They did the death mm-hmm. hike. The, and the um, the temporary shelter. The temporary shelter. Remember when shelter. they did that? Yes. That was hysterical. And uh, they were so impressed by how all the older girls had the survival kits. So when they had all the, the burrs in them or whatever they were, they were able to yeah. take them out and band-aids and their survival <laughs> kit. I mean, they recounted the whole trip and i was like i would never have thought that that was yeah that important in their brain right right out of all the things we've done like that wouldn't have been the thing that i would be like that's your favorite yeah it's very rewarding because honestly sometimes all of the curriculum planning for those things feels like what is the point Mm -hmm. did they even (laughs) want to do this or they feel like sometimes the badge work feels like such a chore Mm -hmm. um and i wonder about the takeaway so it is very rewarding to hear that there Mm -hmm. there was a positive takeaway (laughs) from it it was really rewarding to hear that from them to hear them just recount so much about those trips um and the work quote work they did and how much they enjoyed the work yeah um so it was cool there was not a whole lot of work on this trip although um we did do uh, we did do the zip lining and the obstacle course and what was really cool about that is that obviously i didn't do it and felicia didn't do it and they taught them how to clip in on the ground they went through a little obstacle course on the ground where they clipped in and moved from um section to section and how that worked with safety and then they were on their own they just let them go so they were gone for 45 minutes completely by themselves um, I, uh, Vivian was having trouble with her little gadget. And so I went to the girls and very quietly said, please make sure Vivian's in the middle. So if she needs any help, one of you can help her because it was very confusing. You had to hold the C bracket in a certain way to get it on there. And then there were two brackets, one that was, um, one that was the safety that, mm-hmm. you know, caught you if you fell. And the other one was the actual thing that took you. So, one had to go in front of the other is very specific how it had to be done. And they just, Vivian got it first, first time she got there, she was totally fine. But I was like, be aware, be aware that she's having a harder time figuring this out and put her in the middle of the pack. And they went, got it and put her in the middle and got her going. And everybody did this whole obstacle course and they came in all just one right after the other. So I was like, Vivian totally got the hang of it. Probably first tree she hit. But I loved how they all mm. just went, yeah, yeah, totally, and just moved on with what they were doing. And as soon as they landed, they went, can we go again? And I was <laughs> like, well, I don't know. We can ask them if we can go again. And they said, well, you can go on this other course. And they just boom, 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 <laughs> hop right in there and uh, did the other course. The other course was only about 10 minutes long. Um But yeah, they did this whole big ropes course, obstacle course, all in the trees, all by themselves. Uh, It was really cool to watch. It was really cool to see them because you have to go like 
zip clear. And then someone calls back zip clear and they're talking to each other through the trees. Uh I'm like, this is amazing. Vivian was telling me about one of them. I think it was like maybe the last one. And I think it, Addie maybe had gone ahead. And so, um, they're waiting for her to say zip clear and nothing. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting yeah. and Vivian said she's like yeah we really brought up the rear but we just had to be safe we had to be safe because she, <laughs> she didn't say zip clear yeah that's adorable that's adorable they had so much fun yeah so I'm glad we went and it's so that's amazing good. like you know thinking back to like the early camping days and how they were you know wetting their pants and like <laughs> You know, just all of the shenanigans and just how much work it was, how yeah. much work it was to camp with them when they were really little. Well, interestingly, Felicia was on, she was a chaperone at mm-hmm. Wallawi when Charlotte fell out of the bunk. Yes. There was a lot of reminiscing happening about that camping trip, which was how long ago? Oh my God, they were babies. They were tiny. And but but that's the last time Felicia was camping with us. So Felicia was like, "Remember, McKenna threw up in her sleeping bag." Yeah, I totally we forgot. Threw that. the sleeping bag threw away. Sleeping bag remember away. that? Yeah. Yes. And then this they person, were, those girls had to have been in like fourth grade because it wasn't their final Malawi because that was fifth grade. It was the old they, girls had to be in fourth grade because Isla was in. I was in the room with Isla and Emma and Lexi and you, yeah. and there were two rooms. No, I was in the other room because I was with the other. We had another troop with us. Remember, they all had iPads, oh, and our girls were like, that's "What?" Right. Yeah, I didn't think happening? Felicia was there that we. She was there. She was there. She, I remember she definitely her. was there because when... I remember um, Sandy. Parisa Saint was there. I throwing think. out what, no. because the yes, she was. They yeah. switched out because their only one parent could do one day. So right. Parisa, Parisa switched went home out with Saturday night and either Felicia or Sandy. I and can't Sandy remember. Sandy came in. Yeah, but I don't think Felicia was there because Sandy made the executive decision to throw out McKenna's sleeping bag because McKenna vomited all over her sleeping bag mm. and then told her when we, you know, when they dropped off kids she was like sorry i threw out mckenna's well, sleeping bag maybe felicia you may be right about and that. parisa switched out because sandy was there the whole time sandy Sa- and i were going from bunk to bunk no yeah, yeah, yeah. no yes, Sandy we was were. not there the whole time you were going to bunk to bunk but um with sandy that night that was yes. that night but yeah sandy i remember this because parisa was waiting to leave sandy oh. was supposed to arrive in the afternoon and she did not. Shock um, of the century. And shock Parisa of the century. was run, like running late. Parisa needed to get somewhere. And she also was worried that because if it, if right, sundown the came, closes. they don't let you yeah. leave. Yes. Can't leave yeah. And yeah. Um, she was getting or nervous get yeah. that um, Sandy wasn't going to arrive. And Sandy arrived just in the nick of time. And Parisa hightailed it out of there. And I don't remember any of that. I re- Yeah. I don't know at all. I just remember walking from bunk to bunk, making sure people were in their bunk and yeah. no one was moving. Um, well, then maybe Felicia wasn't there, but she was recounting but she was it. At, Felicia was at a different, Wallawi. she was at the next Wallawi with me. Oh, um, that's it. Maybe I was confused and not really listening as she well was, as I should be. Yeah. She but, was telling me about throwing out the sleeping bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that McKenna. No one was bringing that thing home. No, yeah, no way. Okay, well, I have to wrap up. I have to go pick a pilot from school. Okay. But um, thank you guys right. for coming. Yeah, Thanks for reading the book. Thank you for having me, even though I didn't read the book. And I, I apologize to the author. I will. We've I will. all been there before. Yeah. We've it all happens. not finished the book before. It's, you know what? 
It's this I, is a first for me, Leanne. I've I know. finished every <laughs> damn book. But I say it all the time. I appreciate that you do it at all. So thank you. Thank you very much for doing it every month or every it's month fun. and a half or whatever we've ended up doing it for. Thank you. Whenever it works out. I enjoy it every time. Yeah. I love yeah. reading and then knowing we're going to talk about it. I read it's it great. And I mean, the point of reading really is the connections. It's not just about the story and the language. It's right. about right. the connections that you make. So Totally. 100%. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. You got a brand new I think that we should get together and try